We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. When you walk around downtown or bike through one of the many neighborhoods in Chicago, you can't help but notice the myriad of murals honoring significant figures, meaningful depictions of local culture, or unique interpretations of shapes and objects. These works of art are a cornerstone of Chicago, features that the city is known for and some locals love. The one in Rogers Park, it's kind of like by the Morse area. Really colorful, a lot of faces kind of like split out into the undercut. It's downtown. You can see it turning on the brown line and it's the big moose with the, the bubble gum. And like my parents really like it too. They always take photos of it whenever they visit. With so many buildings, underpasses, and homes decked out in intricate art, it's not surprising to learn that spray paint was actually invented right here in Chicago in the 1940s. So how do new murals emerge? And what's the significance of this medium of art for America's third largest city? I'm your host, Ariel Ravenet, and today we take a look at the walls throughout Chicago to see how they reflect the community around them and why public art matters. Hold on to your paintbrush, and let's get looped in Chicago. The year was 1949, when Bonnie Seymour had an idea for her inventor husband, Ed. What if you put your newly developed aluminum paint into an aerosol can? When he did, spray paint and a new way to make art was born. For decades following its creation, artists, activists, and taggers would cover the walls of Chicago in murals and tags. Until 1995. Chicago City Council approved an ordinance in 1992 banning the sale because, as alderperson Edward Burke said then, spray paint cans have become weapons of terror. Basically, the local government saw graffiti and tags by gangs as a nasty blight to the quality of the city. This 92 decision was not enforced until 1995, when the case was brought to the U.S. Supreme Court. Artists and spray paint manufacturers were upset with the ordinance, but SCOTUS ultimately upheld the decision that the city could legally ban the sale. Ideas of revoking the ban have been introduced to city council over recent years, but the sale ban still holds today, making artists turn to the suburbs or online to purchase spray paint. Sometimes when things get out loud, it increases the likelihood that more people spray paint. And we have a number of artists that started out as straight spray paint artists and graffiti artists and felt a pull towards it and then became mural artists and used and most of them use spray paint and no longer do the graffiti work. So I, I think it brought about a whole movement of artists that ultimately became better and better at their work. That's Chantel Healy, executive director of the Chicago Public Arts Group, or CPAG, 
an organization that's been facilitating the creation of public street art that enhances community for over 50 years. Her sentiments about the ban is one that many had in 92 and still do today. Banning spray paint won't make graffiti go away. Yet beyond just graffiti, murals made with spray paint continue to pop up around the city. How? Well, there is an official city registry that allows folks to get them legally recognized by the government. But Chantel says that isn't fully necessary. We try and register them once we complete a mural. But a lot of our murals have existed prior to the mural registration process. And I don't know if the requirement of the mural registry has anything to do with allowing a mural to remain because a lot of the murals are located on private property. And so I think the private landowners have sort of priority over what a city can mandate that happen on their own property. Murals had a cultural importance in Chicago well before spray paint was banned. There are avenues and blocks dedicated specifically to murals that can't be removed and are recognized by the city like the Hubbard Street murals that began in 1971. CPAC's history began around that same time. It started kind of following a movement or mural that was created in 1967 called the Wall of Respect. That was located in 53rd and Langley in Bronzeville. And William Walker and a group of activists painted a mural on the wall in Bronzeville depicting 50 African-American heroes The idea was that they wanted to have a voice. I think before that they felt voiceless. And so when this mural was created, it was a a big celebration. And it was the first time that people used, I mean, not exactly the first time because there was the Mexican mural movement, but in Chicago, a mural to speak the voice of community. So that mural became recognized throughout the country, made national news. And William Walker became known as the father of the community mural movement. Um, He then met John Weber, and they started the Chicago Mural Group. So activists have used this medium of art to tell their stories before the ban and since. Chris Evans is a local artist and urban planner. So if you want to see Juice World, it's on 59th Emerald. Then there's some chance the rapper and common murals on 79th Street. His work mainly consists of painting significant black figures on the walls of Chicago and won the Illinois 2023 Dry House Preservation Award for his mural installations throughout his hometown of Bronzeville. Being in Bronzeville, slowly I just developed an interest in exploring the intersection of black faces and places. So it became a just a dual interest of mine where it was this mix of urbanism and, you know, street art. So the the influence that Bronzeville had on me was it was also its rich historical legacy because Bronzeville has because African Americans were concentrated in the Bronzeville area back in the early 1900s everything was happening in Bronzeville so everybody from Jack Johnson to Louis Armstrong to Nat King Cole to Lorraine Hansberry to Mahalia Jackson they they all came from that area and so we would go on field trips to the Margaret Burroughs Museum, the DuSable Museum, and that definitely had an impact on the way I started thinking about that intersection of African-American faces and places. I did notice that sometimes in some parts of uh, the mainstream medium that there was always uh, negative perceptions of the south side of Chicago, and I became interested in doing... Um, something to counteract that and show that the south side of Chicago's has a lot of good things that come from it. As an urban planner and an artist, 
who admits he originally started by tagging. I was curious to know how those two roles intersect when he approaches a mural. I'm looking to do murals that will highlight the identity of the area for the foreseeable future. So to preserve the cultural heritage of the community so that as it grows, as the neighborhood changes, it doesn't lose its original flavor, which is what attracted people to it in the first place. That's the flavor. So if you have a soup, you know, you've got all these ingredients. And so the ingredients might be the businesses that are there, the cultural institutions, the public institutions. And business needs a cultural ambiance within which to practice its wares, to do what it does. You know, the various retailers and other uh, corporations that come in, they need a cultural backdrop within to make what they do interesting. The constant steady pursuit of money just for money's sake is not that exciting. That's why companies are constantly seeking some flavor, some artistic cultural creation within which to, you know, do their business. Nike needs Michael Jordan. Nike by itself, you know, it's just a shoe. So when the city council decided to ban spray paint, they claimed that graffiti and street art would devalue their wards. Yet Chris argues that intentional, thoughtful public art may actually do the opposite. I'm aware of the, the role that street art and murals have in the transformation of public spaces, that the wrong or inappropriate mural put into a certain space can increase gentrification of the area, or how the appropriately placed image in the right spot can highlight the identity of the community, because that leads to some positive benefits for the community. Once people understand what the community's identity is, then they are, have a reason to come over and explore the community. So if I say to you, Chinatown, you immediately get a picture in your mind of the, you know, the nature of Chinatown's identity and you think to yourself, okay, I'll go over there on Sunday and I'll get some dim sum or something. Beyond just adding value to businesses and with neighborhoods constantly changing, Chris says the folks who grew up in certain areas appreciate an honest reflection of their home. So if I go in there and I highlight the historical identity of an area, people come, for, come up to me all the time because these walls serve as collective memory walls. So a neighborhood without neighbors becomes the hood. A community without collective memories, it begins to lose its sense of community. To paint or not to paint, when we come back from the break, we'll hear how street art changed one man's life. Stay tuned. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. 
Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. It just creates dialogue, you know, and we're in a age where everything's an argument. Everything's like clarity and like, let's just talk. Let's get to know each other. Starts a conversation. I think art should always start a conversation, even if you don't like it. That's Mario Mena, muralist and street art youth instructor for Yolo Cali Arts Outreach at the National Museum of Mexican Art. After a lifetime of practicing art, Mario turned from painting on canvases to spray painting walls during the pandemic. Now, just four years after starting murals, he has a career in the medium being commissioned to paint them around the city. But even with the spray paint ban, many street artists got their start with graffiti or have dabbled in it. I did do graffiti a little bit in high school, mm-hmm. just out of like teenage angst and like going to mess up things, you know, and yeah, maybe attention yeah. or something. <laughs> I don't know, you know, but I never really stayed on it. But I guess I, I turned more to street art where I could get like permission. Today, Mario not only uses his skills, to teach a new generation of angsty teens, but also his own life story to help focus their energy into something positive. I needed someone like me when I was in high school to mm-hmm. express myself. I started out because of my mental health, being an immigrant kid, mm-hmm. growing up with a traditional Mexican household and living in the United States, going to high school with two cultures clashing, feeling like I didn't know where I belonged at home. Mm-hmm. Nobody understood me. I turn to art and I'm transparent with my kids about life. You know, they're smart. They're kids. Just because they're kids. I know a lot of people think kids are not smart or they're just emotional or they're dismissive of their feelings. Mm -hmm. So I let them know. I'm like, hey, honestly, I didn't feel good in high school. I was really mad at the world. You know, I'm DACA immigration, so I can work now legally. But in high school, that's when I started noticing that like. The difference in my immigration status mm-hmm. what would affect like my FAFSA applications, going to college, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I just tell them, like, look, this is my journey. Take it as you want and try to connect with them that way before art. Mario and the summer youth program at Yolo Cali were given a big task last year. Paint a mural commissioned by the Chicago Bulls that represents the team, allows the teens to be creative and reflects the Pilsen community. We don't want it to feel like a job where you have to do something you don't want to because yeah. they're not going to want to come back. Mm-hmm. So having that autonomy to, I guess, uh, reclaim public space, especially like in a community like Pilsen with a lot of gentrification, everything mm-hmm. going on. It's very important that they feel at home and the images around them reflects them, their culture, what they think, um, their family. You know, it's just so important to the community too to see that there's kids out here that care, you know, that when it works out, it's so worth it, no matter how like hard it is. Mario and his class got to work. The canvas, a guest house for the Mexican Museum of Art across the street from the building. I'm used to like doing like blank, flat Mm -hmm. walls. And I was like, okay, we're going to have to adjust the design to be elongated and stretched out on the side. 
So I was like, how do we make this cohesive? I felt like we had to tell a story. They studied up on games and media from the Bulls. And then we were thinking about old video of the Bulls, you know, mm -hmm. running through the city before the game starts. So iconic. And they're like, oh, we should do the running of the Bulls through the side of the building. But how do we tie it to our communities? They drew inspiration from their own heritage, bringing in motifs from Mexican folklore and blending the characters with the Bulls mascot. Now, Wall is spirit animal in Mexican culture, you know? So I was like, okay, I think if the kids come up with their own version of a bull, what it means to them, instead of literally just a red bull, that would be cool. How do we get to that underworld or spiritual world? And that we, that they even studied famous Mexican muralists, like David Siqueiros, to visualize the big picture of what they could make and techniques that reflect Mexican art. That inspired running of the bulls, their skeletons riding them. They have like flags that they're mm -hmm. running with that say community, see red, which is the bulls like slogan now. And as they're running, they're shifting, like shape shifting into these spiritual versions that the kids came up with. The final version. Of the, the running of the bulls flows into a colorful depiction of the dragon feather serpent with basketball symbols weaved throughout the mural. Once their design was made and approved, they got to work. Mario outlined the big picture on the walls for ease, and the teens did the rest. A lot of them are not very good at spray painting yet. You gotta mm -hmm. like be good at pressure, the pressure of the can, the cap, how to control it, fades, little things. So I don't know, they picked it up fast. They painted for two weeks in the summer heat, and the community around them recognized the hard work they put into the project. As soon as we started painting out there, the neighbors started loving, loving it. People would just stop by. We had a, a senora, an, old, an older lady, come out, and she made us enchiladas on the spot. She <laughs> set up a tent, a table, just feeding us. People were, like, dropping off water, ice cream. It was really hot. I mean, it was just awesome being there, to be honest, working on it. Feeling that embrace, I think it's, like, the epitome of public art, right? Like, it's being accepted by yeah. the public, different generations. We were having conversations about the mural, like this, like, what does it mean? How do we get there? So they understand, like, the type of work we do. The mural was unveiled in August of 2023, with almost a block party-esque level of reception. For Mario and a lot of muralists, street art can go beyond just representing community or used as an outlet by ruffians. It creates access to art. I feel like growing up in Chicago, it's, it's a concrete jungle, right? Like, how many parks can we go to? Or if you want to go to the Forest Preserve, or if you want to go to the lakefront, you need money. You know, CTA. Mm -hmm. Some kids may not have that. So being able to, like, walk around your neighborhood and seeing your walls painted might be someone you know, might be another kid you know. It might be someone you look up to. You don't even know who they are, but their artwork it could be inspiring. Mostly for me, I th always think about mental health. Let's say you're having a really bad day mm -hmm. and nothing's really going to change your day because you're just stuck in that, that hole. I hope people feel better when they see my murals, or at least for a split second or a few minutes, like in the space or walking around, they don't stay home. Sometimes we have neighborhoods where you can't go out, you know? Yeah. So I hope it just creates this like reclaiming of public space. Mario mentioned creating art through a mental health lens and how he hopes it can inspire people. This level of understanding stems from his own experience with the struggle. And he opened up to me about how he deals with some of the negative reactions that come with making public art. The things like, I almost died in high school and I never tell anybody this, but you know, I was mm -hmm. 
I had an overdose and it wasn't because I was trying to kill myself. It was just in there as an escape. Mm-hmm. I would listen to music and I would just get lost in my head. I wanted to get away from school, my parents, authority. Yeah. And I went too far. And, you know, it really messed me up. I would say even up to like 10 years until I started taking therapy. Mm-hmm. I think I started doing murals as a cry for help, actually. So I'm not really worried about what people think of me because I know what I've been through. Just because you see my mural at the end, you don't know what I've been through. When I look at Mario's murals, I see colorful images that tell stories with emotion and depth. He's put in the work to grow from his hardships and now uses art as a medium for healing. It's definitely a voice. I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm that guy, deferred action. So I'm able to work here, but I don't, I'm not able to vote. We have uh, politics where people attack your community, culture, or your ethnicity. So sometimes with my art, you know, it helps me deal with that. It's therapeutic. Like I'm out here representing the good in our community. And I just want these kids to know that if you can't turn to somebody, at least you can turn to art. So it seems that though the commerce of spray paint itself is banned, as long as communities continue to live, so will the art. I'll leave you with some thoughts on murals from people who live here. There's one and it's like, there's just people, all different kinds of people, Andersonville, like we got all different kinds of colors. You can tell there's some queer people mixed in there. Um, and it's just like them living their lives, like having a good time. And it makes me really happy every time I walk past it because especially Andersonville uptown area is like, it's very diverse in terms of background and like sexuality and gender identity and stuff. So it's really representative of like this area and it just makes me really happy. I definitely don't think that there should be like policing happening. Uh, I don't think that there should be like people like cracking down on uh, mural creating because I think the murals around Chicago are like one of our greatest strengths. I think there's something nice for us to look at and I think Having a nice, beautiful environment is really important for our, our humanists. It's good. Let's you know, make it beautiful, you know, people attract people, you know. Thanks for listening to this episode of Looped in Chicago. This episode was hosted by me, Ariel Ravenet, edited by Jim Hankey, Cooper Mall, and myself, produced with help from Chris Lopez. Craig Schwab is our station's news director. Byron Kaplan is managing producer of National News Podcasts. To see photos of murals done by the artists featured in this episode, check out our station socials on Instagram at WBBM News Radio or on TikTok at WBBM News Radio 105.9. We'll get you looped in back here in two weeks. See you then. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
Sports. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.